following production is brought to you by Derek Lamont Enterprises, a subsidiary of LDM Entertainment, exclusively licensed for use on Patreon.com. Enjoy the show. This week's episodes are sponsored by Unscripted Roasters, a black, veteran, and woman-owned coffee bean roasting company. For more information, please go to Instagram.com slash Unscripted Barista. Welcome to Patreon.com slash the Derek Lamont Experience, also uh, all our nonsense podcast uh, network. Of course, my name is Derek. This is The Week in Gaming. Um, there wasn't much news in the world of gaming this week. Um, everybody seemed to kind of be holding things back, uh, due to the PlayStation Showcase on Thursday afternoon, and, um, (laughs) let me just say, I I think they kind of made the right choice by holding some things back, but there were some leaks, so I'm going to cover, uh, the news that was present, uh, and then I'm just going to go ahead and get on down to what Sony showed us in the, uh, on the afternoon of Thursday. Number one, um, just coming right out, Sony uh, has bought the studio that developed the Playroom to bolster its PlayStation Studios, so they're adding another first-party studio, which is cool. Uh, the Playroom, out obviously, was the VR Playroom from the PlayStation 4, and then this same studio, um, I believe they had a, a little bit to do with AstroBots, I'm not sure. Sony announced that it will acquire UK-based studio FireSpite. Fire Sprite, I'm sorry, the developers of the Playroom and the Playroom VR. It's unclear what Fire Sprite might be working on its new first-party capacity, but executives are already hyping what's to come. Fire Sprite's ability to weave best-in-class gameplay with new technology is exceptional, and I think fans will be excited about their creator vision for the future. This was said by Herman Holst, the head of PlayStation Studios, in a press release. Uh, Fire Sprite was founded by staffers from Sony Interactive Entertainment's Liverpool Studios, so there are already strong connections between the two companies. So this made all the sense in the world. When initially, it's like Sony acquired another studio, I was, you know, thinking, oh, this is going to be the Blue Point acquisition announcement, but that's still yet to actually happen. So I guess we don't know what's really going to happen or if Sony actually is acquiring Blue Point. It's just strange that Sony, uh, Sony of Japan, you know, when they were talking about acquiring um, Housemark, they tweeted out, the release with the Blue Point Games logo. So we thought that, you know, the Blue Point acquisition was impending and it was sure to be announced. And that was probably back in early summer and still we've heard nothing. So I don't know if they goofed or if that really wasn't a thing or if the contracts haven't been negotiated. I still feel that Sony is going to acquire Blue Point. It makes all the sense in the world. The last time Blue Point worked on something that, you know, wasn't sony was probably when they did the metal gear solid hd collection and that came out on the ps3 as well as the xbox 360 but since then you know they've done uh the last uh, shadow of the colossus remake um demon souls obviously for the playstation 5 the uncharted collection for the playstation 4 which was the original three uncharted games from the ps3 so it just makes all the sense in the world for them to acquire blue point still looking forward to that hope that it happens but again, Fire Sprite is the new the newest studio under the PlayStation Studios umbrella. Um, so it looks like, obviously, this makes a lot of sense. We know that the PSVR 2 is coming, so they're going to need to bolster uh, studios for that. So um, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't gauge my level of excitement. I'd say it, one to ten. I'd say it's like a five right now. You know, as I've said multiple times on this podcast that. The last time I played my PlayStation VR was probably September or October of 20, September of 2018, I believe. 
and uh, it gave me like really bad motion sickness. I know that the PSVR 2 is going to be much improved on the first model, so maybe we'll see. I don't know. I'm just, you know, in the headspace, do I want to drop 400 bucks on another VR unit that I may or may not use? And that's where I'm at right now. But we still got a while before this thing actually comes. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> however, as far as refreshing things, these are gaming consoles we're talking about, and it's almost evident that this is going to happen. Um, ever since the first PlayStation, they've done a smaller iteration. You know, there's the PlayStation, then there's the PS1, which is the smaller rounded off one. Then we had the PlayStation 2, and then we got the smaller PS2. Then we got the PS3, and then they were like the PS3 Slim and another PS3 uh, that they called the Grill. And then obviously we had the PS4 Slim and then the PS4 Pro. So you know what's going to happen. I've said it multiple times. I'm interested to see what a slimmer version of the PlayStation 5 is going to look like. Because the PlayStation 5 is very big and very clunky, to be completely honest with you. I think it's a, a really nice design. Um, I love that they went there. Um, but yeah, it is a bit big and clunky. So anyway... Uh, this comes from TrueTrophies.com. Sony rules with an iron fist. PS5 Pro leaks and more with Moore's Law is dead. Tom from Moore's Law is dead. Talks hardware day in, day out. He's always an, uh, he's a inside, an insider who's always hunting for stories and things like that. Tom says, my understanding is that Sony rules with an iron fist with their partners and they can be, well, this will surprise nobody, arrogant sometimes. Uh, throughout our interview, it is clear that uh, secrecy is the crux of Sony PlayStation's operations. Sony values secrecy more than Microsoft, which is why, uh, God, I forget what the code name was for the PlayStation 4 Pro, but we knew it was coming months in advance. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, they're going 4K. And that's the reason I initially bought my first 4K television, because the leak came about the PlayStation 4 Pro I cannot remember what the code name was. But anyway, uh, Sony values secrecy more than Microsoft, or at the very least, they act like they care more. They can make it very hard to get exact details out of the factories and offices where the products are made and designed, but it does give us plenty more to discuss. Please bear in mind that Tom stresses that much of these details are applicable to the Xbox Series X 2023 edition. We're going to cover that in just a second as well. And this isn't hyping me up. Uh, when asked about PS5 Pro hardware, Tom is very clear. Both Sony and Microsoft are working with AMD on next-gen APUs. And I'm sure Tom is willing to confirm that there will be at least one mid-console refresh two to three years from now. Tom has his source or sources that have apparently told him the machine is being made with a target of two to three years from now. His opinion is that 2023 is likely the year for the PS5 Pro, but it is still early in development. You knew this was coming. The PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One both launched November of 2013. The PS4 Pro was out November of 2016. So, same timeline. PlayStation and Xbox launch November of 2020. We're set to see both of them get refreshed in 2023. Uh, <clears throat> there are several key barometers for Tom's opinion. This year, Sony is doing a redesign for cost. Next year, I think there's evidence there could be a slightly slimmer console, or at least a 6NM chip-based cost reduction. Although I can't confirm it, 2023 is the year, and that uh, makes sense to bring in a stronger unit. This would be after RDNA 3 is out on PC and near enough to RDNA 4 for some of the updates to be considered from that architecture. Like Sony used some of 2017's Vega in the 2016 PS4 Pro, uh, there has been skepticism around the mere principle of a PS5 Pro, mostly based on Sony releasing a conf console refresh when at this moment... Stock trouble and shipping issues are preventing access to the device for many gamers. When asked about it, Tom doesn't even blink. What are you saying? What you are saying is quite funny. Me and my brother on Broken Silicon talk about this all the time. It just seems that most people have trouble following moving targets. 
I didn't say that the Pro was coming out this year. Everyone says we have PS5 stock problems right now, and that's not 2023. So, I mean, it's quite indicative that at some point we expect there to be more stock of PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X consoles. Although, at the time of recording a few hours ago, there is a stock of Xbox Series X on the Microsoft Store. I sent the link to a friend. He said by the time he checked, they were already gone. Or he checked the tweet replies. I don't know if he actually checked the store. So, uh, I don't know. But, um, we knew this was coming. Especially last year after, or the last generation, when Sony did the Pro and Microsoft did the One X. Um, the slim consoles always happen, right? Um, even Microsoft going back to the Xbox 360. They didn't do it on the original Xbox, but on the 360 they gave us smaller versions of it. Uh, so these, you know hard form you know refreshes happen last time we saw them add more ram a stronger cpu and things like that to achieve near 4k if not native 4k at least up resing to 4k the playstation 4 pro achieved 4k by checkerboard rendering um some games on the xbox one x do render at native 4k which is why microsoft took it off the you know took it off the market because Nobody's going to buy an Xbox Series X if you have the One X, which already can achieve 4K. So speaking of Microsoft, uh, from WCCFTech.com, expect the Xbox Series S to refresh in 2022 um, and the Series X to refresh in 2023. Well, this is a big jump right here. I was just talking to somebody the other day, and I told them I don't know how long the Series S is going to last. They're calling it a next-gen console. It does have an SSD. It does have better RAM, more RAM, and a better CPU, but it doesn't, you know, they say it can upscale to 4K. I have it connected to a 4K TV, and I don't even know if I've seen it hit 1440 yet. So I think that kind of makes the console obsolete, and it seems as though somebody at Microsoft may feel the same way. Microsoft may be planning to refresh its Xbox Series S console earlier than the Xbox Series X with AMD's new 6M APUs, alleges Moore's Law is dead. Again, this is something we just referenced. According to MLID, Microsoft seems to be readying its refresh lineup starting with the Series S console first. This is uh, being done to tackle the PlayStation 5 Slim, which is expected to launch around a sim sim excuse me, similar time frame in late 2022. The new Series S console is said to be a higher spec variant of the existing Xbox Series S console. But the question is, we're calling it next-gen. Can it truly output at 4K? That is the big question. When we were talking, all the talk about the Switch Pro that was supposedly coming, they kept saying, oh, it's going to be 4K. Nintendo's finally jumping into the UHD uh, pool. And then it's like, oh, no, it's not 4K. It's just an OLED screen. And we rounded off the, the, uh, the dock and some other things. But, no, it's not 4K. And it, part of me wonders when Nintendo is going to make that 4Ray into ultra high definition but that's neither here nor there um the reason to get the xbox series x s console out so early is that microsoft sees a higher attach rate to its xbox uh game pass on the series s compared to the xbox series x since the company allegedly allegedly operates the xbox brand as a software as a service which relies entirely on its past sales they want more consumers to grab the game pass and to do that they want to release a new and better xbox series x which will not only give new users an incentive to upgrade, will also result in dropping the prices on the existing Series S to around $189 to $249 US dollars, which will drive in more users toward the Xbox platform, even if they use it as a secondary console. Again, the rumor states that the new Series S is aiming at a price point of under $350. They want to undercut the, uh, the PlayStation 5 digital version 
I don't know what they're going to do with the slim PS5. If it'll have a UHD drive or if it's going to be all digital, that's a big question as well. Sony is at the point right now where they have two SKUs. The last time they launched a console generation with two SKUs was the PS3. There was the 60 gig PS3, which had all the bells and whistles, SD card, Wi-Fi and all that stuff. And then there was the 20 gig which did not have Wi-Fi, did not have VSD, did not have four USB ports for four, you know, for four controllers and things like that. Um, I don't know what Sony plans to do next time. I don't know if you want to go with two SKUs on a Slim. Do you want a Slim with the Blu-ray drive and a Slim Digital, or do you just want one Slim out there? And that's the big question. How much do they want to spend? Certainly, if they take out the Blu-ray drive and you just use it for streaming and digital games then you can cut the cost um and i think a lot of people would like to see that if it still has the the ram and the cpu and the gpu of a playstation 5 but you take out the blu-ray drive you can get that cost down and a lot of more people are going to you know be out buying playstation 5s they sold 114 million playstation 4s make no mistake they're in the business of selling consoles microsoft is in the business of selling game pass sony is still in the business of selling consoles if they take out that 4k blu-ray disc drive and make it all digital on the on the slim version and cut that get that cost down a little more they're going to sell a lot more playstations um the new console could get a nice spec boost from the latest uh amd apu which might unlock its full 24 cu rdna g uh 2 gpu the reason stated for disabling the cores in the first place is said to be early 7nm yields but now that 7nm is mature and 6nm is more or less optim an optimized version of 7nm we could see amd ship out much faster APU designs that are unlocked and feature higher clock speeds. Uh, the existing Series S ships with four teraflops of compute power, so a 6nm refresh may end with at least five teraflops of compute power, which would get it nearly to what the Xbox One X is, and you would have to imagine it could probably achieve 4K at that level. Just saying. Uh, at under $350, it would be a great gaming console choice and should give Sony's PlayStation 5 Slim a tough time. The Xbox Series X will also be getting a similar treatment with a 6-inch refresh plan for late 2023, though no word on specific, uh, specifications or prices mentioned for the flagship SKU. Um, I don't know. I think Microsoft kind of knocked it out the, bo out the box, uh, out the park, I'm sorry, with the Series X design. Call me crazy, everybody's like, because we all thought that it was like a mini power PC when they showed it off at the Game Awards. And I thought it was a lot bigger than it really is until I actually got my hands on my personal one and got it in my home. And I was like, this is a lot smaller than I thought it would be. Uh, it's not heavy either. The PlayStation 5 is a big unit and it's kind of heavy to be completely honest with you. And I, I had to move it because I was always worried about somebody bumping something and it falling or something like that. And I had to change it from, you know, the horizontal, uh, horizontal position to the vertical position so I could lock it into that stand a bit more in the horizontal position it does not exactly lock into the stand uh the greatest just being completely honest so i don't know it's uh it'll be interesting to see what happens uh you know that they're refreshing uh all these chipsets and things like that and um you know this is gonna happen it's just gonna happen and it's been the history of consoles since the very first playstation actually even going back as far as um 
The NES, well, it was well past its ad. The, the Super Nintendo was actually already out by the time they gave us the top-loading NES. I remember that. I remember seeing the commercial and thinking this is really weird because you already have the Super Nintendo out. Um, but console refreshes have happened. Um, so this should come as no surprise to anybody that's into video games and that has bought you know, a PlayStation or an Xbox in the last 20 years. Uh, well, maybe not the Xbox because they're at 20 years of gaming at this point. And again, the OG Xbox did not get a refresh, but the 360 did, and then the Xbox One as well. So that's something to keep an eye on. My next story comes from VG247.com. Um, obviously, there was information, and we've been talking about this for a while, that uh, there was a leak of Alan Wake getting a remaster. We found out that that is absolutely 100% true. It's on VG247. It also showed up at the PlayStation Showcase. Alan Wake Remastered leaked image shows some nice visual improvements over the original. It does look really good. Uh, <clears throat> it popped up on Amazon UK, and it showed plenty of images from the game. That is before the site pulled the game's page off the store. We do know now that the game, via the PlayStation Showcase, the game is coming on October 5th. So it's coming in a month, actually less than a month at the time of recording. So, you know, I don't know what the cost is going to be on this. This is pretty interesting. Uh, the images were up long enough, though, to be pulled, as you can have a look. First noticed by YouTuber Charlie Kranikoto Murray. Thanks, Wario64. You can see how much has gone into making the game more detailed, which is evident when you look over the images. The remaster, which will include the base game and two expansions, The Signal and The Rider, will be published by Epic Games and releases on PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC sometime this fall. That date would be October the 5th, again. Uh, the game will be available in 4K and feature developer commentary from creative director Sam Lake. I don't know if I want my video games with creator commentary. I, I, name me one person that actually watched the creator commentary on their DVDs. Um, so, that, I don't know. That's a bit weird. <clears throat> Alan Wake Remastered had been rumored for a while, and after a leak earlier in the week from a Taiwanese retailer, the game was confirmed by Remedy two days later. The original Al Alan Wake was released in 2010 as an Xbox 360 exclusive before being ported to PC in 2012. The remastered version will be the first time the game will be uh, made available for a PlayStation console. I know that the fancy talk when Microsoft acquired Bethesda was that Sony need to go out and spend money on another studio, and everybody... Everybody's like, Remedy makes the most sense. And I said, no, Bluepoint makes the most sense. And then Sony surprised us by acquiring Housemark, which really wasn't a surprise because they've done a, uh, quite a few things with them in the past. So um, I don't see Remedy, you know, I don't know. It, it would be interesting to see Remedy be acquired by somebody. They've worked with, obviously, Sony as well as Microsoft. Control is available on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. Um, so... I don't think that they, I think that going forward, maybe they'll strike up a deal to do console exclusive or at least console timed exclusives. Um, and they would, you know, those would be published by Microsoft or Sony, but I don't know at this point. But Remedy seems to be doing okay on their own. Uh, clearly, they're, they're making a, a strong return on their investments, so I don't see the need for them to go out and partner with either company, to be completely honest with you. And I think all the talks of Sony acquiring them just because Microsoft acquired Bethesda were very, very premature. And obviously, we can see at this point right now that it was extremely premature. So, I don't know. But if there is any news about Remedy, of course, we will keep you guys abreast of that. Um, PlayStation 5 Showcase. Let's just go ahead and jump right in. Um, to be completely honest with you, they told us going in it's going to be forty minute, about a 40-minute show. Um, 
they didn't really get down to the nitty-gritty, in my opinion, to the last 10 minutes or so. I was about to give the show a C or a D, to be completely honest with you. And the last half of the show was saved by Sony PlayStation Studios, first-party studios. I do have some details on the upcoming title, Forspoken. It's written by Gary Whitta, who obviously wrote Rogue One. Uh, Amy Henning, who is actually responsible for the Uncharted series. Allison Reimer and Todd Stashwick. Uh, the main locations are New York and Athia. Uh, the music is by Bear McCreary, who did God of War, and Gary Scheidman, who actually did Bioshock. Um, so, number one, congratulations to Amy Henning. It's good to see her back out there. I know she had that one... She had a Star Wars game that she was working with Visceral on, and I think EA pulled the plug on that or something. I can't remember exactly what happened with that. Don't quote me on that, but... Um, Amy Henning gave us Uncharted, and Uncharted is, you know, one of my favorite video game series, so I'm happy for her. Other news from the PlayStation 5 showcase, uh, we finally found out that the enhanced, evolved version of Grand Theft Auto 5 and Grand Theft Auto Online is coming, uh, next year in March, I believe. To be completely honest, I can give less than two fucks about it. And, you know, I saw people crying on Twitter in the comments like, why do we need this game again? It's eight years old. It is eight years old. Grand Theft Auto V came out at the tail end of the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 generation. And I've told this story many times on this podcast. And guess what? I'm going to tell it again. Um, Yeah, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC. Now the PlayStation 5, and eventually it's going to be the Xbox Series S and X. Rockstar, I get it. You're making a ton of fucking money off this game, but enough already. Enough already. I don't want to see the Rockstar game logo in any gaming showcase for PlayStation, Microsoft, Nintendo, PC, any of them, until you have either a new IP or a new take on an, other, on a, an existing IP. I'm tired of seeing Grand Theft Auto fucking 5, and I'm tired of seeing Grand Theft Auto Online. And then I looked up, and Game Pass sends out notifications. I get one, like, every morning. And they're like, Red Dead Online is leaving, leaving Game Pass soon. Why is just the online suite on Game Pass? You, like, And now it's to the point where it's the same thing with fucking GTA 5. You're taking the existing online suite and putting that up as if it's a full game. And I understand people are playing it like it's a full game, but this is ridiculous. Like, Rockstar, seriously, like... I don't know if it's because there was that split with the Hauser brothers or if there really wasn't a split and one of them was just burnt out and he wanted to do something else. And that's perfectly fucking fine, right? Do what you do. But GTA 6, Bully, Red Dead 3, a new IP, fucking something. I know that we're getting that Grand Theft Auto trilogy remaster. Uh, and that's supposed to come next month, but we didn't see that at the showcase, so I don't know if we're going to see like some kind of announcement or something, um, because you would think we'd know a little bit more about that, but I, I don't know. Um, dude, just do fucking something. Seriously, like, I'm burnt out on Grand Theft Auto V, and I don't like the fact that you have to switch between the different characters, and I, I just, I fucking can't. Um... I'm just extremely burnt out on that game, and, well, number one, I was never quite invested, so, I don't know, um, yeah, I, I just don't know, I, nobody cares, and, and clearly, the public is telling you that, but you guys just, it's like, we'll just regurgitate this, if you would stop promoing that game, and then just show us this Grand Theft Auto trilogy 
that we know is actually that we know exists, that would be cool. The thing is, you guys keep shoving fucking GTA Five in our faces, and that's why people are really, really upset. And it's it's just annoying the fuck out of everybody. So, if you could, could you not do that? That's all I'm fucking asking you guys now. But anyway, again, um, no shade to Sony. There was, you know, I, some of the stuff I saw. Ghostwire Tokyo, we got to see more of that. Okay, it looks good. Deathloop, there was no need for Deathloop to be in the show because we know it's coming. Literally, when this episode goes live on the free feeds, Deathloop will be available on your PlayStation 5. I've already pre-ordered mine. I'm going to download it sometime this weekend. What's interesting is they didn't show Kenna Bridge of Spirits, and we know that's coming September 20th. So my thing is this. This is a big showcase. Everybody's been waiting on this. Don't show me a game that's coming within days. That makes no sense. They also didn't show Horizon Forbidden West, and we know that's coming February 18th. We just got the ability to pre-order that game. Like, I was able to pre-order the Collector's Edition. Shout out to GameStop, because Best Buy and Amazon were doing me dirt. Or it wasn't even on Amazon, but whatever, I digress. Um, I just don't agree. Like, why put it in the showcase if it's coming this quick? So, I don't know. But anyway, Ghostwire Tokyo, Tokyo looked a little good. Um, obviously they showed off the Alan Wake remaster. That was cool. GTA five. What the fuck ever. And a lot of other stuff. And, you know, if you watch the stream on my Twitch channel, you you can hear me like, yo, this is fucking pathetic. I was dead set. Like this is a D fucking show, a D or a C minus show. There was nothing. I'm just like, Sony, I'm fucking waiting for you to wow me. Like do something. It's like that meme where the guy's got the stick and he's poking the thing, he's like, do something, it's like that, and I'm just like, do something, fucking wow me, and then they did, (laughs) for all the talk about Microsoft spending seven and a half billion dollars to acquire Bethesda, which was, you know, a very, very, they're gonna see a return on their investment, I know all we saw for Starfield was a cinematic, but it definitely has me intrigued, and I'm very happy that I have a PC, a Series S, and a Series X. Let me say that. Um, Indiana Jones. I fucking love Indiana Jones, so I can't fucking wait to play that. Let me say that. I don't care about um, The Elder Scrolls, and be completely fucking honest with you. I don't really care that much about Fallout. Until they, you know, revamp that engine and it's running in the same engine that Starfield and those future games are going to run in. We know they're in Starfield November of 2022. But the Bethesda acquisition was a big fucking play by Microsoft. And I commend them for that. Because it netted them, what, 10 studios, I believe? Here's the thing. With one acquisition, by the time it's said and done, Sony may have matched them because Insomniac fucking saved the PlayStation show. Marvel Spider-Man 2 in the works at Insomniac coming exclusively, exclusively to the PlayStation 5. Now, I don't know if that's going to switch because this game is not coming till 2023. When they showed Miles Morales at the PlayStation 5 unveiling June of last year, we thought that that was going to be exclusive to the PS5, and it's available on the PS4. As a matter of fact, I was waiting for my PS5 to come from Amazon the next day. I pre-ordered Miles Morales on the PlayStation 4. Um, 
So I actually started playing it on my PS4 Pro, and then the PlayStation 5 came the next day, and then I was able to download the patch for ray tracing and 4K, 60 frames per second, all that great stuff. I don't see them moving on this. I have to believe that Spider-Man 2 will be exclusive to the PlayStation 5 because at that point it will be 2023. We're three years into the life cycle of that console and the PlayStation 4 will probably be more than likely it's going to be they're going to start to phase it out because as we talked about earlier, we're expecting a PS5 Pro at that time, which means they're leaving the last generation behind. I don't recall hearing anything about the PS3 after we found out the PS4 Slim was coming and that the PS4 Pro was a thing as well. You didn't hear anything about the PS3 anymore, so I don't think we're going to get any more dual entitlement games. I do 100% believe that this is a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Let me say it again. PlayStation 5 exclusive. Exclusive. Anyway, this blew my socks off. And if you're um, on the pa- on my Patreon, you can see the trailers there. Or you can go to the PlayStation or Marvel Games YouTube page. During the showcase, Mar- Marvel Spider-Man 2 was announced as being in the works at Insomniac Games. By the way, bravo Insomniac. I'm going to go over that in just a second. It will continue the journey of both Peter Parker and Miles Morales in this single-player adventure, which is, which is coming exclusively to PlayStation 5 in 2023. The game will feature all new stories for Peter and Miles in the sequel, which Insomniac says will be a full heart of full of heart and humor, which dives deep into the people behind the mask. The footage shown in the trailer is just a glimpse in what is in store in terms of new abilities the heroes will acquire and the suits they will wear. There will also be some interesting villains such as Venom, who is being voiced by Tony Todd of Candyman fame, the original Candyman, not the one that just came out. Yuri Lowenthal and Najee Jeter will also reprise their roles as Peter and Miles, respectively. Being able to build a new original universe with Spider-Man is such an honor, said Ryan Schneider, head of franchise strategy and studio relations at Insomniac Games. A huge thanks to our Sony Interactive Entertainment family for giving us the opportunity to develop these games. Marvel for trusting us with characters that mean so much to many people, and of course, our fans for continuing to believe in us. By the way, obviously Sony owns the Spider-Man license in the film universe, which is why Sony's getting these exclusive Spider-Man titles. We never got that Spider-Man added to Marvel's Avengers. And I'm still kind of pissed off about that, because that's the only reason I bought that game. But anyway, it's been such a pleasure to collaborate with Marvel Games, learning from and sharing with these true believers as we created games such as Marvel Spider-Man and Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales has been a career highlight for many of us. And what's so exciting is that our collaboration isn't ending anytime soon, as today we revealed not one, but two new Marvel titles coming from Insomniac Games, Marvel Spider-Man 2 and Marvel's Wolverine. That's right. Now, when the, the... Insomniac and Marvel title cards first came up, I was like, holy shit, it's Spider-Man 2. But that wasn't the one that they showed initially. They actually showed Wolverine. And we didn't find out it was Wolverine until the fucking claws come out. And I'm like, okay, so guys in a CD bar, maybe Peter got his ass whooped. Because you see you see Marvel, you see Insomniac, you automatically think Spider-Man at this point. They are very it's the the greatest the highest selling superhero video game of all time at this point. And then we see a guy get up walking towards a bar and a guy sitting facing the bar and then the claws come out and was like, holy fucking shit, I had my oh shit moment. It's Wolverine. Had Sony actually showed up for E3 and shown this, the tweets would have been the same, the reactions would have been the same. We all would have said, Sony won E3 2021. Just like in 2015, I believe, when they showed the Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer, we were like, okay, Sony fucking won E3. They don't have to do much. When they show up, they show up big. Uh, Marvel's Wolverine is currently in development 
development by Insomniac Games for PlayStation 5, created in collaboration with Marvel Games and PlayStation. The Adamantium Claw Mutant will lead the standalone game directed by Brian Horton, creative director and Cameron Christian, game director, who recently led the creative efforts on Mar Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. So, at least we know there are good people taking on this. Here's the thing. Spider-Man's a bit different. With an overworld Spider-Man game, you can swing around the city, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to enjoy being Peter Parker or Miles Morales. Wolverine can't fly, he can't swing, or anything like that. Wolverine drives a beat-up pickup truck. So, if it's open world, I would ex expect you to spend some time in a vehicle. Uh, it was funny that listening to PlayStation Beyond, the IGN podcast after the show, they talked about, it. well, Sony's got motorcycle tech from Days Gone. Well, we're not getting a Days Gone too, so why the fuck not throw a Days, you know, a motorcycle in the Wolverine game? But it's going to be different, temper your expectations, but Insomniac's doing it, and when have they not knocked it out the park? Um, so... There's going to be more details as the game develops. They did not give us a release window or anything for this game. So, obviously, this is coming after Spider-Man 2. Here's the thing. Um, Give me just a second. Okay, so... Since they were acquired by Sony in 2018, right after Spider-Man came out, okay? They did Spider-Man, and then actually did Seedling and Stormland. Stormland was on PC. That was 2018. They presumably started working on uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales and Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. So, from the time they joined Sony in... Actually, they joined Sony in 2019. They started working on a follow-up to Spider-Man, a follow-up to Ratchet & Clank, exclusive to the PlayStation 5. They gave us a remaster of Spider-Man, and then they already started development on Spider-Man 2 and development on a Wolverine game. A few moments ago, I said Microsoft spent $7.5 billion acquiring ZeniMax and Bethesda. I forget exactly what the dollar amount was for Sony to acquire Insomniac. It is worth every single fucking penny. It is paying dividends. Right now, Insomniac is a top five dev in the gaming industry, and they're not number five. So, when you guys have heard me have these conversations before... And I talk about the best developers in the game. Rockstar, both developer and publisher, right? So I'll still put Rockstar up there because Red Dead Redemption 2 is a, an absolute masterpiece. I will still give you Naughty Dog because the Uncharted series and The Last of Us. Let's not forget that they also did Jack and Daxter. They did the OG uh, Crash Bandicoots as well. So you have to put Naughty Dog there. Sony Santa Monica for everything that they've done. God of War, obviously timeless, and we're going to get to God of War in just a second. And then Insomniac is there now. That's four, and I, I give me a second, I'll think of a fifth, but Insomniac is a top-tier studio at this point. And everybody wants to talk about CD Projekt Red. I can't say that about them because Cyberpunk 2077 was a fucking disaster, and to be completely honest with you, The Witcher kind of sucked, in my opinion. 
Um, the Fist Studio, that's up for debate. But if you're asking me, Rockstar, Sony Santa Monica, Uncharted, and Insomniac, those are four top-tier studios in gaming right now. And, uh, I mean, you could talk about Kojima, but he's got to give us a follow-up for Death Stranding. So, again, the conversation is still kind of out there. Um, but talk about a return on your fucking investment. Because ever since the people from Naughty Dog came over, all they've done is work. Literally, all they've done is work. And it's fucking showing up. Uh, Jeff Keighley, producer of the Game Awards, producer and founder of the Game Awards, did confirm per PlayStation blog that Spider-Man 2 will be a PS5-only game in 2023. Same with Wolverine. Uh, we just don't have a release window for Wolver uh, Wolverine, but it is a PlayStation 5 exclusive. So again, congrats to the Sony, uh, to the to the Insomniac team, everybody over at Sony. Great fucking job. Uh, cannot wait to fucking play this game. Um... Also, we found out that uh, Gran Turismo 7 will be out March 4th of 2022 on PlayStation 4 as well as the PlayStation 5. Um, so, actually, that's really close to Horizon Forbidden West now that I think about it. That's February 18th. So, Sony's going to hit you over the head with some exclusive back-to-back. -back. And, you know, Microsoft's like they're giving you a brand new game on Game Pass, of Xbox exclusive on Game Pass for like five straight months again you know i talked about it you know during the build-up to the show are you know they've been talking there's been secrets and leaks about how there's this this uh this sony answer to game pass and i'm like okay this would be the perfect time to show it and they didn't show it we didn't see it so is that real who knows i would assume but until they actually show it we we can't say but sony coming with the heavy hitters and I would not be surprised if we get Ragnarok holiday season of 2022. But again, we do know Horizon Forbidden West is February 18th of 2022. That's on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. And Gran Turismo 7 comes to PS4 and PS5 March 4th of 2022. So Sony is letting the hits roll. Um, I, for one, think that Gran Turismo 7 looks absolutely insane. Um, God of War Ragnarok. I'm just going to go ahead and close my show out with it because it looked absolutely incredible. Uh, this is going to be the ninth installment of the God of War series. It's a sequel to God of 2018's God of War. Um, they only have done two proper games in Norse mythology. This will close it out. You will see Ragnarok take place. We do know that Thor will be in the game as well as others. Um... The game will be set in ancient Norway. It features uh, Kratos and his son Atreus. Atreus has to be like 13 or 14. Anywhere from like 13 to 15 in this game. Um, he's very much aware that he is Loki. And he just wants to cause mischief. He kind of wants to... He, you know, Kratos let him know that he's a god. Or he's part god and part giant in the last game. And now we're starting to see that manifest. So this is going to be a very interesting take on the story. They're also going to some points that like are, you know, civilization... Whereas in the last game, you basically, via Midgar, you traveled, traveled the Nine Realms and things like that. I think we're going to see a lot of NPCs and stuff based on the trailer we saw. Uh, again, this is going to be the finale to the Norse era of the series. The game will initiate Ragnarok, uh, which is a series of events that bring about the end of days and depicts the death of the Norse gods. Um, 
you know, this was we knew this was happening when Kratos killed off Balder in the last game. Um, this is this was the most anticipated game of 2020, um, and yeah, I, uh, there's so much there's so much to say. This is going to be it's not a make or break game for Santa Monica or anything like that. Um, they're going to continue to to bang out hits. We did find out Corey Barlog is not directing this. He passed the mantle on to somebody else, but they are working on other things at Sony Santa Monica that Corey's really, really excited about. And if Corey Barlog is excited about it, I'm fucking excited about it because Corey is a master at what he does. So I can't wait to see if, you know, what they're going to do. Sounds like they're probably coming up with a new IP or something like that. So we'll see. But we did confer- uh, get confirmed characters in the game. So I'm going to reel those off. Obviously, Christopher Judge returns as Kratos. Uh, Ben Pendergrass as Tyr. So we will see Tyr in the game. Ryan Hurst will play Thor. Uh, Funny thing is, he's like Big Billy Thor, kind of like Thor in the MCU in Endgame. Um, Durlin and Grobita. Brock returns, so that's cool. Freya will return. Uh, Mimir will return. Sindri, Brock's brother, uh, returns uh atreus as well of course um yeah the first half of the show was really really rocky and thank god for for sony first party studios because again if you go back and watch my stream that's twitch.tv slash the Derek lamont experience and i'll actually put the link um here in the podcast notes as well i was 100 percent ready to say this is a d show a d or a c minus because i didn't see anything that really really moved me ghostwire tokyo looked okay um i'm excited for death loop that's coming in just a few days by the time you hear this if you're on the free feeds i will be patiently awaiting starting up death loop that night but the show just did not move me until we saw the playstation studios logo and then it got really heavy and really fucking serious And a lot of people on Twitter seem to feel the same way. I saw the same thing. They were like, thank God for Insomniac, protect Insomniac at all costs. Um, They really saved the day. And I know a lot of people chuckled like, oh, they bought the team that bought that fucking made Ratchet and Clank. Ha ha. That's a big, that's a big acquisition. Let me tell you. Well, yeah, today it fucking showed. And when we loaded up Marvel, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, they were like, oh, it's just DLC. It's not a real full game. Okay, fine. Call it what you want. The acquisition paid, and it paid dividends, and we found that out today. So I can't wait to play these fucking games. But that's all I got for you guys till next week. Um, if you're you know, a subscriber to the Patreon, you notice that there was no episode of The Drop. Took a week off from doing The Drop this week to take care of some other things. Um, if you are listening to this on Patreon, please stay tuned this evening, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, twitch.tv slash the Derek Lamont Experience. Those of you that know or those of you who don't know, I am the executive producer of an independent film. Um, it is a sequel to a short film that I was actually in a couple of years ago. So I'm actually going to stream the short film on my Twitch channel in anticipation of the release of the, the sequel. That is coming very, very shortly. Uh, so again, that's 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. That'll be 9 p.m. on the East, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific. I'm sorry, 6 p.m. Pacific. I apologize. But... Again, tune in, twitch.tv slash Derek Lamont Experience. And if you're listening to this on the free feeds, the stream will be saved on my Twitch channel so you guys can go and watch it afterwards as well. That's all the time I got for you today. 
As always, my name is Derek Lamont Jackson. I encourage you all to stay humble. Uh, believe in yourself first and foremost because if you don't believe in you, nobody else will. And uh, you guys, get vaccinated. Stay healthy. The you know, President Biden, I wanted to call him Senator Biden, President Biden signed in an order that any employer that has 100-plus employees will require vaccination or weekly COVID-19 negative tests. So what do you want to do? Just go get the fucking vaccination. You guys stay safe. As always, I love you all. Peace, love, and hair grease. I'm out.